is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those mm-hmm. of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, right. or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Mm-mm. And now, here's your host. Yes, the man. Yes, the myth. Oh, my goodness. The legend. The Monty Man. Oh! Welcome, one and all, to another fine episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, broadcasting from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting on the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon. And this person right here, that's oh. Marv. Hey. Hey, what's Marv. What's going on? Yeah. And right next to him is his hat. Yeah. And right next to his hat is no Denver. <laughs> Denver's, or, or is he there? The incredible shrinking Denver. We just can't see him. Right? Where's he at? Well, Denver is out uh, taking care of some uh, important business today that has to do with some uh, some good news on his is in. We'll let him share that uh, uh, on our next show. But uh, it's it's Marv and I, and the topic uh, on this show is medication assisted treatment, or you could say medicated assistant re- assisted recovery. In some cases, this is a controversial issue. And it is, uh, man, I've seen some wars break out over this uh, verbally and uh, text-wise on social media. Um, Are people truly in recovery if they're using medication, particularly medication that's addictive, to help them with their addiction issues? And uh, so, I mean, it just kind of seems weird, doesn't it? Uh, You know. The use of addictive medications to solve your addiction issues. Uh huh. 
<laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see how this thing unfolds. We'll unpack it a little bit. Uh, you may be surprised at uh, some of my thoughts. You may not. I'm I'm kind of surprised, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. So there you go. So I I wish I wish it was really simple. I I wish that you could take a pill, one pill, one time, and it would all be done. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, just like that song in the beginning. Uh, one pill does this, one pill does that. This pill doesn't do anything, you know. And, of course, that song was written back in the day when, uh, you know, we we, have, we got a lot of pill poppers right now. We got a lot of people addicted to opiates. Um, but that was going on back in the 60s. I remember hearing things like yellow jackets and reds and, you know, this is, these are the names that we gave things like Valium and, and uppers and downers and all that kind of stuff. And so um, they're back. I'm not sure they ever left. Um, but now they're cloaked in a whole lot of what I would say is justification for the usage and abuse and abusiveness of some of these medications. But is it? Is there some legitimate reasons at times for people to use medication to assist their recovery or their treatment? We're going to talk about that. Uh, but, of course, we have to uh, complain right a little bit. There. It's time <laughs> for Man's Weekly Wine. That's right. Mm -mm. All right. First of all, you have anything to whine about? Well, if I thought about it hard enough, I could probably come up with something, but right yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. No, well, that's I pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not too uh I'm not too disturbed this week. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But this is common. Um I probably have talked about this. It's probably been a good year uh that since I've talked about it, but this time of year, you know, where there's a lot of people shopping for things they may not normally shop for because it's for other people. Uh, one of my frustrations is the packaging on some of these things in the store. I mean, you, you can't buy a pack of gum without coming in a package this big, uh, you know, with all sorts of advertisement on it. And, you know, you have those... Uh, what do you call it? That, that plastic wrap that is as hard as steel. And when you get it home, it takes a hammer and a chisel to open it, right? <laughs> right. You know, um, you get a couple of kids' toys. And I understand it with the kids' toys because they don't want kids swallowing stuff and, and that kind of thing. But you open up the, this packaging stuff, and, it, I mean, it's rough. And you can cut yourself uh, pretty easily on this really, really hard plastic. So they have they have now – I saw it at Walmart – they have these shears for opening up Christmas presents. And mm. they're simply called gift shears. And them suckers are sharp, man. So <laughs> buy yourself a set of gift shears at Walmart if you're having trouble with that. But it's just so frustrating to me that anytime I get anything like that, it's, just, it's irritating. And so there is a wine that really I can do nothing about that really isn't that big of a deal. But that's all I could come up with. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Thanksgiving was good. Thanksgiving good for you? Did yes. Did you go yeah. down to the local local 12-step support meeting and eat? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Was it well yeah. attended? It was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good deal. Quite a few people showed up. Yeah, right on. Good thing. 
and uh, we had a good time as well. So um, with the little itty-bitty wine that we do have, we have to counteract that with um, a win. All right. The win this week actually belongs to Buffy M. Buffy M. Buffy M. Yeah. Oh. I'm not going to say her last name so I have permission to. But uh, so, so Buffy, uh, she won. Um, she's from Sarasota, Florida. You know who that is? I have no idea. It's in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's the winner of the Monty Man's uh, a trivia contest. I put a trivia contest up on, on Facebook, and she won. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be doing more of those. In fact, I'm going to do one today. Uh, and she won a Take 12 Recovery Radio mug and I think uh, um, a couple of DVDs or, or a music DVD or something. I can't remember. I give so many of these things away, I, I can't keep track of it. But um, So I'm going to give people an opportunity to win a Take 12 Recovery Radio mug and a special holiday CD, music CD from Take 12 Recovery Radio. Uh, and this is what you have to know. Okay, so Marv, I don't even know if you know this, but a couple of shows ago, uh, you said that you cannot legislate something. And so that's that's the trivia question. What did Marv say you cannot legislate? Uh-huh. Mm. We'll see how, how well you go. So I think it was did he I think it was two shows ago. So if you go two shows back and listen to it. And the first person to email me at take12radio at comcast.net. Tell me what Marv said you cannot legislate. Do you know what it is, Marv? Don't say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do I you? do. Yeah. Um, in fact, I can tell you exactly what show it was. It was Recovery in the Potty Mouth. Oh. It was that show. Yeah. Okay. So go back to Recovery in the Potty Mouth, and you can do that on Podomatic or Spotify or iHeartRadio or YouTube or Apple Podcasts, or WordPress, da dum da dum da dum, all of them there, them there, there, yeah. And listen to the show, Recovery in the Potty Mouth. What did Marv say you cannot legislate? And we'll send you a Take Twelve Radio mug and a special uh, Christmas CD from Take Twelve Recovery Radio. Okay, um, let's see here. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna hit this topic: medication assisted treatment. Don't go away. Check this out. In the fabric of America, they are the toughest threads, our bravest and most selfless. They raised their hands, stepped forward, and served for each other, for you, and me. One of the first things they learned was the code that every service member lives by. Leave no one behind. Now all of us need to live by it too. Because some veterans are being left behind. 20 of them take their own lives every day. Why? It's not simple. It never is. What matters is that we're there for them. Just like they were there for us. A handshake, a phone call, a simple gesture make a big difference to a veteran in crisis. Learn how to be there for a veteran 
at BeThereForVeterans.com. Honor the code. Be there. Leave no one behind. Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Hi, this is Tommy Holmes, and this is the Recovery Talk and Positive Music of Take12Radio.com. Thank you, Mr. Tommy Holmes. We'll be featuring one of Tommy's songs entitled It Ain't Over Yet at the end of this show. <clears throat> All right. Uh, welcome back. Uh, this is Take 12 Recovery Radio, and we are located at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial. Um, please know this, that uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can comment uh, Podomatic or any of the other platforms you can comment. We would appreciate your comments, your questions. If you'd rather keep them private and send us an email, send it to Take12Radio at Comcast.net. Okay, so medication-assisted treatment. You know, we've, we've, had, um, we've had kind of a controversial thing go on for a very long time when it comes to people's opinion of what sober is, for instance. Uh, personally, mine is sober does not mean just not drunk. It means that you're abstinent. You know, uh, for the alcoholic, that means that you're not putting alcohol in your system. Um, for the narcotic addict, you're not putting narcotics in your system. Uh, in Narcotics Anonymous, they would refer to that as being clean. In Alcoholics Anonymous, they would for, refer that to being sober. Well, however you use it or whatever semantics you're using, you're talking about abstinence. But recovery is more than just abstinence right marv uh that's for sure yeah, yeah. so for you what when you stopped when you put the plug in the jug so to speak and you started getting some uh, some clarity of mind what are some of the things that you discovered about yourself not drinking that you may not have known if you kept drinking oh i um i believe that one of the major things, and actually it came up within the first two or three meetings, was the realization that my thinking was askew, and and it was it was kind of like somebody slapped me upside the face. Yeah, I realized pretty quick that that um, the way I was operating, the way I was thinking, and um, and it was based on what I was hearing in the rooms. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, and that covers. Oh, yeah. You know. So whatever you can think about, right, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Including perspective. So. So, so was your perspective and your thinking, uh, was it kind of thwarted, messed up, sober? Well, it... Uh, uh, progress, not perfection. Sure. You know, I, uh, it, there was no big, uh, 
burning bush is right but in hindsight it's always 2020 i get into it i don't know let's just say a year sure and look back and all of a sudden you say wow how did that happen or i can't believe i didn't blow up or whatever the case might be right right so it's just been a slow do you, do you think that if you had had the opportunity or it was recommended to you by a general practitioner or an addictionologist or somebody like that, that you take some medication, mind-altering medication I'm talking about, in order to help you through alcohol withdrawal or just to stay off the alcohol, do you think that would have hindered you or helped you? Well, it would have hindered me. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Okay. And part of the reason I say that is because I went through a period about three years ago, and the doctors thought it necessary that I take, uh, what was it called, uh, Xanax. Okay, right. Uh, anxiety. Medication. Depression and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, obviously I'm still here, but the way I recollect that whole experience, it really didn't help me. It wasn't helpful? No. Are you, are you more clear-minded without that stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so when we're talking about medication-assisted treatment, um, I want to make it really clear here. I, I, I'm not... My intent is not to throw any treatment center under the bus or any individual that is using medication to help them in their recovery under the bus. Um, this is just my opinion. Uh, I am certainly not a medical doctor. Um, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. <clears throat> I've got some certifications in the area, in the areas of recovery, but um, those are not. I'm not a PhD. I'm none of that stuff. Um, so I don't want to talk one side of my neck here and not know what I'm talking about. So I don't know what I'm talking about in a lot of ways when it comes to medication-assisted recovery. I'm not that familiar with it. Um, I wasn't personally. It wasn't something that that I took advantage of or necessarily was even available at the time. Um, But I do have some thoughts on this. And I know it's a real controversial issue. Uh, uh, this is referred to as MAT, M-A-T, uh, within the uh, the clinical circles uh, and treatment centers. So let me uh, let me just read you medication assisted treatment. Let me just read you this a little bit. There are mixed beliefs about using products such as methadone and suboxone to help those addicted to narcotics. Traditionally, abstinence from opiates such as oxycontin, oxycodone, hydrocodone, and heroin, etc., is very challenging. Medication-assisted treatment can be used to wean individuals from using these drugs, making the withdrawal process more tolerable. Both suppresses the user's desire to use opiates. Okay, I'm going to continue reading, but first I want to interject this. I am not against helping anybody get through withdrawal. It's it's a horrible, horrible ordeal. Uh, when I had both of my hips replaced, they put me on opiate-based pain medication, and it was horrific. I hated it. And it wasn't a matter of five-day, 
you know, sticking it out for five days, like you may see on TV, right? It was a matter of withdrawing and my body coming back to health. It took about five months. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. For that reason, unless it's life or death, Marv, I don't want nobody cutting on me. Right. It was that horrible. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if there might be some allergy there to it because some people have said, wow, that's a long time to deal with withdrawal. But uh, for for me and my bod, uh, you know, unless it's life or death, like open heart surgery or something like that, I'm not doing it. And it's not from the fear of going back out and drinking again or putting a needle in my arm. It's because the experience was so horrific. I, I just don't want to repeat that. Um, but if you are addicted to the point and you're so chemically dependent on a narcotic that the withdrawal is that horrific, I'm not against you getting help for that. Um, based on my experience, I don't know that I would. I mean, if if there was some ways to help with that withdrawal, that I wouldn't have taken it. But that's the road I chose to go down. It was not to do anything other than cold turkey, um, and to wean off per doctor's, uh, you know, guidance. Um, let me get to you to read here. However, both have long last potential side effects and present dangers if not used properly. There's the optimal statement. If not used properly, I'm going to come back to that. In addition, both can become a crutch and are open to being abused. We're talking about methadone and suboxone. Methadone is used to provide assistance to heroin users and make the detox process less uncomfortable. Uh, however, the detox from methadone can be more painful than the detox from opiates. The problem associated with it is that many people begin using uh, it as a as a crutch and become dependent on the methadone. Suboxone also causes the user to lose the urge to use. If they do use, they do not get the normal high they would get if they were not using suboxone. While these medications may be helpful in some cases, they only treat part of the situation. Medication-assisted treatment does not address emotional or therapeutic issues that may have led to substance abuse in the first place. Anyone receiving medication-assisted treatment should also be engaged in either residential or outpatient counseling sessions. I absolutely agree with that. Um, so, so here's the thing. Uh, these cause side effects if not used properly. So I said I wanted to come back to that. The problem here is, is there are treatment facilities that will put you on methadone or suboxone uh, to help you withdraw from these horrible, horrible, dirty drugs. But they release you from the treatment center before they wean you off the methadone or the suboxone. And that is what I have an issue with. Because now you're, you are managing another addiction and you're continuing to use. I, Marv, I know people that have been using methadone and suboxone for three, four years they're still on it. Mm. Why is that? I don't get it. But I'm being told by some people that I have a lot of respect for, but I highly disagree with, that, well, they're managing their addiction. What? What happened to managing your sobriety? You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I don't understand. Now, now, I have a buddy that worked at a treatment center uh, up in the Northwest, and they use Suboxone. And I said, do you guys wean the client off before he's released from the center? And he said, absolutely. They don't leave here until they've been weaned off the Suboxone. I think that's the right way to do it. Right. Of course, that means a more lengthy stay, yeah. which the insurance companies just love that. The pharmaceutical companies do, too, because that means more drugs. Uh, so it's a mixed bag. Now, now I, I know people in our particular 12-step fellowship that currently use these medications, and they've been taking them for some time. In your humble opinion, Mr. Marvar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you consider that sober? While you were while you've been talking, I you know, I really am ignorant about the drug culture. Yeah. I I was an alcoholic. Right. And, uh, and that was really and the only so, drug you consumed, right? <clears throat> you weren't taking in narcotics. Right. Right. So part of my problem with answering that question is I don't know the reality of what uh, that withdrawal is like. Right. And um, But one of the things that I thought about was it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. Uh, I have both programs uh, talk about you know, that's just a symptom of our problem. The, the usage they, of whatever. Yeah, yeah and right. they talk about the psychic change. Now, I understand that's not going to be a boom all of a sudden. You right. Know. But um, so based on that, based on if somebody's being honest and really wanting to not be addicted to anything, mm -hmm. then why would you take that stuff to start with? Right. So, but like I said, I don't understand what's going on in the body yeah. with drugs and the withdrawal. It's, it's got awful, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, Mark, too. I, I believe in some cases, so this is the flip side of that for me. It, there are some people, if they're not assisted that way, they're, they're, they're apt to go back to what they were using before anyway. Because the withdrawal is so bad. Well, we see that right. all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so would it not be better to help them wean off of the lesser of two evils so they don't go back to their original narcotic as long as it is uh, supervised medically? Some people say, yes, that would be better. Well, uh, Ralph thinking about it just yeah. now i mean it does seem like why would you put them back on the street addicted to something else right i guess yeah that's the question you or the statement you yeah. made earlier and that kind of stuck with me you know? yeah so i i'm just it's a rough one to to try to really have you know, a, a real opinion on one side or the other, because I see both sides of the spectrum here. There's a lot of right fighters out there with within uh, the 12-step world 
that are they're making statements like, well, people just need to pull up their diaper and deal with it and just, you know, stop drinking or stop using, pull the needle out. And well, we know we know that don't work. No, but they're like like back in my day, kid. Hey, kid, back in my day, we just stopped cold turkey. And if you've got the cojones to do that, then you're welcome here. But if you don't. You know, you're just wimping out, and good luck to you. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's the answer at all. But we got a lot of people doing that now. There's a lot of there's a lot of people, quite frankly, who are alive today because of some of these medications that may not be alive. How can you argue with that? I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Vivitrol is a drug that is injected uh, uh, can be injected in the hip that. If you take opiates, there's no payoff. You don't get high. And so I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Dr. Finkelstein, I think is how you pronounce it. He he, um, he worked for uh, Mr. Gorski, Dr. Gorski, um, who is the author of required reading when you're going through your certification for certified alcohol and drug counselor level one, two, and three. Um. I, I met him. I was invited to a a, um, a very intimate dinner setting. There was probably 12 of us. And he presented the whole idea of this Vivitrol thing. Uh, and he, he asked those of us sitting there, how long would you take continue to take a drug if there was no payoff? And Vivitrol makes it to where you don't get high. So you would stop taking the drugs because you're not getting high anymore. And I thought for a minute, and I thought, I disagree. How long, how long does the gambling addict sit at the one-armed bandit putting money in that thing, and there's never a payoff? But they keep doing it. They keep going back. So I don't know that that answers the question. I don't know that that was the right question to even be asked. Um People will continue to use even if there's not a payoff, hoping against all hope that they will get high. There's a dopamine. Uh, it, it, dopamine is activated even in the search like drug seeking. There's dopamine activated in the gambling halls without ever winning any money or getting that high. Uh, and marketers in the casinos know this. That's why he got the bills. That's why he got all the, the colors and you know, all, all that stuff going on, right? Right, yeah. <clears throat> it's releasing dopamine, and so you are getting somewhat of a high off of it. So so I don't know. I don't know that that's the answer either. Um, I do know I have on order right now um, some Narcan, which I intend to keep in my car, which is a spray that you spray in the, the nostrils of a person who is – uh, overdosing on opiates and it will save their life. Yes. Um, back in <clears throat> the days of Bill and Bob, I'm losing my voice. Uh, they would carry bathtub gin in their glove boxes. They'd come across an alcoholic who was going through the DTs in order to get him from point A to point B, which was the hospital. They'd have to pour some of this stuff down his throat because he could die. It's the same thing with heroin use. You get this Narcan, you can save a person's life, get him to the hospital. Now we can deal with his recovery, but we got to keep him alive, right? Right. 
So I think that's a good thing. Is that medication-assisted treatment? I don't know that it falls under that category. Um, it certainly does fall under the category of uh, saving the guy's life. So this is this is a big bag of worms. And I see a lot of people abusing it. Like I said, I, I know of a couple of people in Alcoholics Anonymous that are abusing the Suboxone. They've been on it for years. And you know what? They're just kind of glassy-eyed and not really there. <laughs> you know, they're just, you talk right. to them and they're just kind of, uh, Demerol attested that. He lived in a sober living home where people were using Suboxone for a long time. And they're just not there when you talk to them. Um, so well, I... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, you talking about all this stuff and <clears throat> brings up something that people I don't think uh, take very seriously in how it works, mm. where it says half measures avail us nothing. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what I'm hearing about this situation. Yeah, is, is kind of a half measure. You know, forget about the fact that. It's number one, just a symptom. Number two, there's a whole lot of other things wrong. Right. You know. And just the physical that, addiction. That, yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, that just struck me. And I agree. Because you're talking. How, how, do you, how do you deal with some of the underlying issues that aren't the symptom, right, um, if you're foggy-headed? Exactly. You know, and, and because we know that in, in the medical profession, they're very quick to tell you, we don't chase down symptoms. We chase down causes. Now, obviously, you have to get the symptom out of the way. So, you know, being drunk or being high or being stoned or whatever, we need to get that out of the way. We need to bring abstinence to the board to get that out of the way, to give you some time to get clear-headed again so you can have more lengthy moments of clarity so you can address these underlying issues. Managing your addiction through suboxone and methadone and other drugs for years on end, are you ever going to get to the root cause? I, I don't know. I'd like to hear from some listeners. Were you able to get to the root cause of your addiction issues when you were under the influence of these other narcotics? Um. I had uh, I had a good friend of mine who is very involved in medication assisted treatment at at one of the uh, recovery events up in Salem here a couple months ago during National Recovery Month and he was talking I was interviewing him for the show and he was talking to me about suboxone he said suboxone is not is not a mind altering substance I just about fell fell over what do you mean it's not a mind altering substance of course it is. It alters the way you think. Heck, caffeine is a mind-altering substance, right? You you take a guy's cup of coffee away from him that's been drinking a cup of coffee every morning for the last 20 years. You want to see how altered his mind gets? It gets <laughs> altered, man, really quickly. Tobacco is a mind-altering substance. You take tobacco away from somebody, cut them off, they're thinking differently. Now, neither one of those are going to land you in the slammer, you know. Right. Um but let's call a spade a spade. Uh, here's an article I wanted to read. Suboxone as an opiate maintenance drug 
these patients, talking about people on Suboxone, were attempting to overcome addictions to powerful narcotics like heroin and Oxycontin. And many doctors offered Suboxone as the answer to these patients. However, regardless of the justifications or rationalizations from many within the medical and addiction treatment field, the basic premise of a Suboxone maintenance program is trading one illegal drug for a legal drug. It is saying, take this pill and you'll be okay. Or take this pill and it will take care of your addiction issues. Basically, patients going into a doctor's office to find a way to overcome their addiction are years later finding themselves still physically dependent and addicted to a substance. Suboxone keeps opiate withdrawal symptoms at bay, but does not offer any actual treatment and clearly does not offer a solution for overcoming addiction. Take the Suboxone supply away from a person on a Suboxone maintenance program, and there is little doubt that they will turn to heroin or Oxycontin or another form of opiate once withdrawal symptoms begin. This is not the patient's fault. They were sold a faulty bill of goods by many of those people prescribing Suboxone. I got to say that I get that. You take it away. They're on a Suboxone maintenance program. We got guys coming into the Adult Teen Challenge Center. We don't let them be on Suboxone. They're, they have to go wean off of that before we even let them come in. Yeah. <clears throat> because we've had them come in claiming that they aren't using that. And then we found out later that they were. And they're having a horrible time. And they're, they leave the program and they go back out and use heroin again. You know, I wonder... Um, uh, the other day on OPB radio or NPR, yeah, um, they were talking about. Uh, actually, it was a little bit different because what they were talking about is AA recovery versus medical recovery. In other words, hundred mm-hmm. percent medical. Yeah, and um, I've thought about that quite a bit, and you know, I, I, maybe I've just got it ingrained in me so deep that I can't see another way, but dadgone it, it's a spiritual problem. Yes. And how in the world do you justify solving? Uh, I come up with a little saying, and what it is is it's kind of a sad commentary when we depend entirely on our intelligence to discern spiritual <laughs> matters. That is excellent. You know, and, that excellent. and that's kind of what I see the medical field doing. What are they doing besides just giving these people yeah. this? Are they saying, hey, uh, if you want to, we got a meeting coming up here. You want to, you know. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I can see medical necessity but the kind of things you're talking about I'm not quite sure about yeah but I also know for a fact that the problem has to do with spiritual implication yes to change our lives to change our thinking and that's not done by being a professor or a doctor and using your intelligence to uh or staying numb. Staying numb, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Well, so it is kind of a... I, th- I think it's a mess. I, I really do. And, and 
I don't think the jury is out yet on this. Uh, I, I really don't. Um, I have good friends that profess uh, the use of cannabis. You know, well, at least I'm not using heroin anymore. You know, I'm, I'm managing my addiction by using marijuana. I'm sorry. That is not clean and sober. You, you can call it whatever you want to, but a spade's a spade, man. You know, I have a very dear friend who, who's uh, who lives in Texas who I have a lot of respect for, and she's she has been a very – she's been on this show. Um, in fact, her and I co-hosted a show for, for quite a while. And everything I read that she writes, she's all for um, a lot of this stuff that, that involves the use of uh, cannabis. And, and I'm not talking about CB, CBD with without THC, but marijuana itself. I And I don't get it. I don't get it. Clean is clean. Using is using. I suppose it's a personal choice. How, you know, how free do you want to be? But please don't say that you're sober if you're using, because you're not. Right. You just aren't. I'm not here to say that you need to be sober. I'm just saying don't call it sober when it's not sober. Um, that that just isn't right. And we live in a world of justifications. Boy, do we ever. You know, we, we talk about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous talks about uh, like you said, half measures and the easier, softer way. And I think we, as people in recovery, that we are constantly looking for ways to avoid the hard work. Amen. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and if we can, you know, trade to something else. Now, I'm not arguing that there have been lives saved. Uh there are people that haven't gone back to uh, – they may be on a, a Suboxone maintenance program and they're not breaking into stores and cars and breaking the law anymore. Uh, I, I know that. But what happens when they can't afford their Suboxone anymore? What happens when their insurance company stops paying for it? What happens – well, I'll tell you what happens. They go back. They go back because the withdrawal from Suboxone is horrific as well. Um. So I don't know. Listeners, what do you think? I don't I don't know. I haven't made a real I, – I, I don't have a uh, a dogmatic decision on this yet. I, I, I'm confused. Um, it's not for me. I don't want nothing to do with it. You know, if I'm working with somebody, if I'm sponsoring somebody, I am not going to recommend that they trade one drug for another drug. And I'm not – again, I'm not talking about – when you're so sick, you need a drug to withdraw, help you withdraw. I'm all for that. But doggone it, let's let's get you off of those as well. Yes. Um, it, it's just, but pharmaceutical companies don't want you off of them. No, no, no. And uh, we'll just, well, well uh, yeah. We don't want to get into the medical system either. I, oh, I'll, Lord. I'll... Uh, I'll create a real wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I know there are some of you listening that uh, do engage in medication-assisted treatment. Um, hey, send me an email. How's that working for you? Is is it working? Is it is it taking care of the issues? Are you in a program where you're actually weaning off that as well, or is this long term for you? Is this something that is going to be 
something that you need to do for the rest of your life. Um, the gentleman I talked to up in Salem said, uh, for many of these people, they're going to need to be on Suboxone for the rest of their lives. I, I don't understand that. Somebody help me understand that. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It just don't. Right. It just don't. Um, so anyway, I'm sure I'll get some emails on this. Again, I have not made up my mind yet. Um, I don't know. I've I've got. I'm 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 leaning more towards not than I am to saying yes. It's a good idea. Um. But but I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. <laughs> well, listen. If you can tell us what Marv said was the one thing you cannot legislate from the show Recovery in the Potty Mouth, uh, and you're the first email to send that answer to me, take 12 radio, T-A-K-E, the number 12 radio at Comcast.net. Uh, we'll send you a take 12 radio coffee mug and also uh, a Christmas CD uh, produced here at our studios just for you. And that's all I got to say about that. Marv, any closing thoughts? No, that's pretty much it for <laughs> me too. <laughs> all righty. Um, our closing song is uh, by our friend Tommy Holmes. Uh, Tommy has written songs for um, uh, the series Dawson's Creek from years ago. Uh, he's written for other people as well. Uh, but his music uh, is I, I don't know, it's just crystal clear. He's just got an excellent voice. And this song is called It Ain't Over Yet. So <clears throat> one of the things when you get our age, Marv, is sometimes we will live in the past a little bit more than maybe looking forward because we're thinking we don't have much forward left look to look forward, forward to. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and we can get a little somber and we can get a little melancholy. And, you know, if you if, if you got too much of that thinking in the past – you do miss stuff that's going on now and, and stuff that is still in your future. And I found myself at one time um, being so nostalgic. It was getting a little pathetic. Uh, you know, looking through my high school yearbook and, and just being heartbroken that I wasn't back there again and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I'm a very nostalgic guy, you know. Mm -hmm. And then meeting up with friends I hadn't seen th through high school and looking at them and going, I don't know this guy. You don't look at anything like this guy, you know, and just kind of being sad because of that. That's crazy. Um, but those kind of things you, you kind of think about when you get older. Well, this song, It Ain't Over Yet, kind of addresses that, you know. Um, so this is life. This is it. You know, this this is the thing you're supposed to get. But, you know, don't laugh too long because it ain't over yet, man. It just isn't. So here's Tommy with uh, our closing song. And... Uh, We'll have a little statement at the end of the show. So, Marv. Adios. Adios, amigos. Hope Denver makes it You back. came to yeah. be in a room at the Holiday Inn. You took a whole lot of love and a little bit of singing. Yeah, but you made it all right. Well, your mama smiled, she kissed your face. Daddy cried and thank God for grace. On the day you were born You grew up fast, you went to school You weren't too smart and you weren't too cool You were always halfway there And now you don't know who you are A chip off the block or a rock and roll star Baby, get in line 
And that was our friend, Mr. Tommy Holmes. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>